Father, we are truly thankful tonight, uh, this morning, that we have a Savior who brings peace. Sometimes it feels like there's no peace in this world, but God, through Christ, there is peace. Thank you for bringing peace to this earth, and we praise you for your Son, Jesus. In his name, amen. Have a seat, please. So good to see everyone this morning. I count it a true privilege and a joy to be able to open God's Word. I'm used to doing it to the kids, but Pastor Ken asked me to cover for him this morning, and so I'm here. God's been doing a work in my heart for the last 11 months. Some of you that are close to me know about it and have seen it. His word is powerful to change our lives forever. And his word is so important to be in our hearts. Psalm 119 on the screen there, your laws are wonderful. I read this in my devotions last week. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. I had to share this with you guys. This is not even part of my sermon today, but I, I wanted to share with you how wonderful God's laws are. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand it. I'm not a very smart person. I didn't make all the good grades in school. I consider myself to be a pretty simple person. But even children and people who are more simple-minded than I am can understand this wonderful word. That's an encouragement to me as the children's pastor that as I teach it, that these kids can get it too. And then he says in 131, I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. When's the last time that you panted for God's word. Later on, he talks about waking up in the middle of the night and, and not even be able to sleep. The whole night he's thinking on and longing for God's laws. When's the last time that happened to me? That I crave and pant for and long for God's word so much that I wake up in the night thinking about it and can't even go back to sleep. This was such a rebuke to me such an encouragement to me about how wonderful God's Word is, and I hope it is for you too. I just wanted to share that. That's all extra, okay? You don't have to pay for that, all right? Some of you are wondering who this guy is up here. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the children's pastor of this church. I've been here since 2003. Uh, this is my family, a wonderful family. I'm truly blessed to be a part of, of this family. Um, my wife, Michelle, uh, I'm truly thankful for her. She uh, lights up my life and is my world, and I love her, and I'm so thankful that God brought her into my life. And then five wonderful boys that God brought into our life as well. One of them's here down cheering for me. He's in the cheer section. Thank you, Ian. Um, truly blessed. I tell people I'm the luckiest man. I don't really believe in luck. I'm the most blessed man in the world, and I believe that with all my heart and thankful to God for being a part of this ministry at Bethel. Uh, for these last 20 years. Oh, by the way, it's good to have the deaf ministry here with us today. 
They don't usually come in. They usually have their own service. Welcome. So glad to have you guys. I want to do a quick review. Uh, when I preach to the kids, I always try to review. I even tell them, review, review, review. That's what helps us remember things, right? So last week, Pastor Ken kicked off our series of the light of the world, and he started off talking about hope, Christmas hope for Micah 5. If you were here, I uh, hope that you were encouraged. If you were not here, you can always catch it on our um, uh, YouTube channel. You can watch the replays of it. Uh, his big idea from Micah 5 was that Jesus is our only hope. Well, the big idea today is that Jesus is our only peace. We're going through the four advents, uh, hope, peace. Pastor Brandon will preach next week on joy, and then Pastor Kenneth Christmas Eve on love. Luke chapter 2, we just read it. The angels got it right. When they declared glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I want to speak this morning on how Jesus Christ is our only source of peace. Peace on earth. We need peace. Thankfully, Christ brings peace. He brought peace in the past. When he came to the earth, well, first of all, in the Old Testament, the uh, Old Testament Jews, they were longing for this Messiah, and for 400 years, they had heard about him and prayed for him and looked for him, and finally, in the form of a baby, he came. Pretty amazing, huh? In the past, Jesus brought peace. But not just in the past, Jesus brings peace in the present, now, today, where we are. Each day, day in, day out, we can have peace. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And then, Christ brings peace in the future. I know it doesn't look very good right now with all the war and everything going on in, in, in life, but one day there will be peace on earth, full peace. When Christ sets up his kingdom, he comes back. And this is an important reminder for us that Christ's future peace is coming. And he gives us peace for each day, but for the next day and the next day. Even Pastor Ken, his, one of his big takeaways last week was that Jesus came not only to bring you peace, but to be your peace forever. And he shared with us uh, one of my favorite verses now, my mom who passed from cancer a couple years ago, uh, this was her really her verse she claimed to get her through uh, the difficult days of cancer, Isaiah 26.3, you keep him in perfect peace. Sounds pretty good, huh? Perfect peace? How many of you like to have perfect peace? Okay. Some of us are perfectionists. Okay. We like things to be a certain way, perfect. Well, God gives, keeps us in perfect peace. How? Whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. So peace on earth, this is our prayer. This is our hope. This is our desire. This is why Jesus came. Through this little baby. Pretty amazing that God used a little baby in the form of a human, God, in the form of a human, to bring peace to this earth. Peace is needed. We need peace. It's needed. We have to have it. What do we need it for? And we need it in times of war. We're praying for peace. 
We need it for conflict resolution. Any kids that are in here, conflict resolution basically means anytime there's a problem between two uh, parties, two individuals. There needs to be, something needs to be resolved. There's a conflict. There's a problem. We need peace for conflict uh, resolution. We need peace in our homes, especially if you have five squirrely, loud, chaotic boys, okay, which is my home. Uh, If you didn't know, that's who I was talking about. Uh, Sometimes we need peace in our homes, but I'm not just talking about the loudness. I'm talking about the fighting and the talking down to each other. Husbands, wives, let's guard against this. Parents, let's guard against talking down to our kids and having peace in our homes. We need this. Anyone with me? Oh, yeah, I need peace in my home. And then we all need peace to be reconciled to God. We'll talk about that more in a minute. So there's the superhero comic guy out there called Peacemaker. He's old school, I mean, but he was a cool dude, all right? Peacemaker. Now, I want to zoom into this uh, slide here a little bit and show you what, what it says. I know it's maybe hard for you to read, therefore um, zoomed out. But if you zoom in, it says, Peacemaker, Collector's Edition, a man who loves peace so much that he is willing to fight for it. That's a little backwards, isn't it? He loves peace so much he's willing to fight for it. <laughs> I can appreciate that enthusiasm, but I would like to declare to us this morning that Jesus Christ loves peace so much that he is willing to die for it. That's exactly what he did. Jesus died for peace. I'm thankful today that Jesus died to bring peace. Christ is our ultimate peacemaker. Jesus Christ is our ultimate peacemaker, and he's that because of three things. Number one, Christ came to bring peace. This is why he came. This was his purpose in life, was to reconcile us to God. He came to bring peace. It's who God is. Jehovah Shalom, God is peace. It's not just that he brings peace and that he, we can have peace in him. It's, that who, it's who he is. It's his chemical makeup. It's like his character. It's like you think of the word peace, it should be God. Number two, which is the big one that I really want to hit on today, So Christ is our ultimate peacemaker because God makes peace with sinners through Christ. And I've got a slew of verses here I want to to flip through. You don't have to find them in your Bibles if you don't want. I I have them on the screen. We will look at one passage in particular in just a second. Reconciliation, basically what this big Bible word means, is being brought back in right relationship with God. Okay? There's a problem. If you don't know this, there is a problem between us and God. Who can tell me what is it? Sin. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, their taking of the forbidden fruit brought sin into the world. The Bible says, death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. This is our problem. We are separated from God because of our sin. Reconciliation needs to to happen. It needs to take place. Can I tell you how it's not going to happen? It's not going to happen by us being good and going to church, reading our Bible, and helping the old lady cross the street, and all these nice things, okay? That's not how we're going to get back to God. That's where Jesus comes in. Jesus fixes this problem. The reconciliation takes place through Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5, 
He, speaking of Jesus, was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. This is an Old Testament passage. Jesus wasn't even born yet. I mean, he was present because he's God, but he hadn't been born. The Messiah had not come yet, and Isaiah is prophesying a Savior to come, speaking of Jesus. Romans 5.1 makes it pretty clear. There, uh, ha- therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is how we can have peace. It's through Jesus. Justified. That's another Bible word, Bible term, justification. Justified, I teach the kids this, that justified means that God sees you just as if I'd never sinned. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. And that is not because we've been good enough to get to God. No, it's because Jesus was good enough when He died on the cross. We'll get to that more in a minute. I'd like you to take your Bibles, please, if you have them, and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I only have verse 14 on the screen, but I want to, I want to read a number, of pas- a number of verses together from this passage. If you don't have your Bible, there should be a pew Bible in front of you, and I believe it's page 1160. Ephesians 2, and we're going to begin reading in verse 11. I believe this passage in the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is our peace and helps us in our relationship with God. Verse 11, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, there's our word, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that He might create in Himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace... Verse 16, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And He came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through Him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Look this way. I think it's pretty clear in this passage that it's because of Jesus. We were once this, but through faith in Jesus, the cross, it can be this. It can be this. This is what God created us for. This is what God desires for us. Has this happened for you? Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, and through Him, speaking of Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. I would like to implore you 
like 2 Corinthians, like Paul does to the church in Corinth. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you have not been reconciled to God, I implore you to be reconciled to God. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. But then verse 21 lays out for us how does that reconciliation take place? We talked about the cross. We talked about it being through Jesus. But connect the dots for me, Pastor Josh. How do I actually, how does, how does Jesus Christ make peace with, with God? Uh, how, how, how? Connect the dots. Okay? Verse 21. For he, speaking of God, hath made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ, perfect, sinless Jesus, was perfect. He was without sin. God, when Jesus died on the cross, put all his wrath on Jesus. All the payment for sin went on Jesus. He died for all of our sins in the past, all of our sins in the present, and all of our sins in the future. Christ paid for everything. All of it went on him. That we, the reason he did this, was so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So I have my phone here, and I'm going to let my phone represent all the sin of all the world. You, me, everyone. Even people who haven't even been born yet. And then my little clicker here that I use to advance the slides, I'm going to let this represent Christ and his righteousness. Perfectness, holiness, no sin at all. When Christ was on the cross, all of our sin went on Him. He took our sin. He bore our sin for us. He paid the price. The price was sin. The payment for sin is death. Jesus took that payment, that, that price for us. He took your punishment. Kids, you get this. You get punishments for doing wrong, right? Right? Imagine if someone else came and took your punishment for you. Your brother or sister stepped in and said, Mom, Dad, wait, 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 wait. Don't. Hold the phone. I know I didn't do anything wrong, but go ahead and give me their punishment. That'd be pretty amazing, huh? (laughs) This is what Jesus did for us. He took our punishment for us. We should have been the one who should have had to die on the cross. But watch this, ready? This is what reconciliation is. This is the point of this verse. When we believe this fact, when we turn from sin, repent, and believe the gospel that Jesus died and did this for us. Watch, ready? Remember the sin? Or sorry, uh, Christ's righteousness. The sin stays on Christ. He died for that. Christ's righteousness comes on us. There's a transfer. All of his righteousness we now inherit, we now have. Not because we've earned it and done a bunch of good things. No, because of our faith in Christ alone to save us from this. I have a picture here that I think helps understand it. God treats me as if I lived his life. That's how he sees me, as righteous as Jesus, justified. And then Jesus is punished for my sin. This is a glorious truth. This is reconciliation. This is how we become justified and able to have this right relationship with God. 
And then this slide here shows the same verse, but I like how it sort of divides it, splits it down the middle. For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, He was perfect, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. See, it's all about being reconciled. And being reconciled is all about the cross. Without the cross, there is no reconciliation. There is no peace with Christ. It's really all about forgiveness. Have you been forgiven? I use this slide with the kids a lot. It's familiar to them. I have to give props to Miss Cammie. She made this slide for me. What, what's about to happen with this slide, I can't do. Like the magic with PowerPoint, she did it. I got to give her credit. But we're sinful, right? Can we admit that? And our sin separates us from God and His holiness. There's a divide, a great fur, further divide than we can ever imagine. He is super supreme and holy, and we are about as far as we can stretch. But God made a way to fix this, to reconcile us with Him. And it's not by us going to church and reading our Bible and being good Christians. It's through the cross. Jesus bridges the gap between us and God. Now, this this is the magic that I couldn't do that Miss Cammie did. Ready? When you repent of your sin and put faith in the cross, watch what happens. Ready? Watch it. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. The kids love it. They're like, do it again. So then I back it up. Yeah. Yeah, obviously you guys like it too. I I can do it again. You want to go again? All day long. Seriously, all day long. It's a beautiful thing, huh? Amen. Has this happened for you? This is my question. This is my heart. This is my, my prayer for this morning is that everyone here knows the peace of Christ personally through repentance of sin and faith in the cross. I love to sing. I don't like to sing in front of people. I'll do it if it helps get the message across. Um, I'm not going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sings by myself. I'm going to ask you to join with me, and then we're going to get to a phrase, and we're going to stop. Okay, so we're not going to sing the whole thing. Ready? Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners. That's it. You guys sing it when you sing Hark the herald angels sing. You don't even know you sing it sometimes because we sing the words and we don't think about what we're singing. Anybody guilty of that? Okay. God and sinners reconciled. That's how peace on earth comes. This is why Jesus came, to reconcile God and sinners. I was sort of hoping we would sing this song this morning, but Tim said, we're going to sing something different. So I said, okay, I'll sing it with the, I'll sing it, okay? I love 1 John 5, 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's pretty simple. Do you have the Son? 
Is He your Savior? Have you been reconciled between God? If you have, then you have life, life eternal. But if you haven't, then I'm, I'm sorry, but you do not have life eternal. Christ is our ultimate peacemaker because, number one, He came. That's why He came. He came to bring peace. Number two, God makes peace with sinners through Christ. I hope that makes sense now. If it doesn't, I would love to talk to you more about it after the service is done. And then number three, Christ's peace lives through us to love others the way He loves. Christ's peace lives through us to love others the way He loves. So it's not just about salvation, reconciliation. Peace that Christ brings can now, once we accept it, once it's, been, it's changed us, we now live it out through our life. Well, some examples of this, Josh. How does this look? What, what does this look like? Okay, first of all, patience and grace to respond to difficult co-workers. We need, we need Christ's peace in us that when there's a conflict coming up in, in, at work, to know how to deal with that, to have it flow out of us. Christ, who is peace, can live through us. Number two, living at peace with family. Already hit, hit on this a little bit, but you want to have a better relationship with your spouse, husbands, wives? Allow Christ's peace in you to live through you, to respond with patience, to respond with grace, to respond with love, the way Jesus would. Brothers, sisters, okay, this could be adult brothers and sisters, this could be kid brothers and sisters, but we need Christ's peace in us to help us to relate and have good relationships with our brothers and sisters. And then kids, even adult kids, we need, God's, we need Christ's peace to live through us in our relationship with our parents. Another example Peace to endure stressful or hard situations that life brings. The bombs that get dropped in our lap. Christ's peace can help with that. Do you have something like this in your life right now? Maybe you do. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but call upon Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, right now to be in your heart to help you handle this situation. And then another example of of how we need Christ's peace, being a peacemaker when it comes to conflict resolution. You be the one. So there's two coworkers fighting, or there's a brother and sister fighting, or friends at school fighting, or whatever. You be that peacemaker. You You be the one that comes in between and reconciles. Hey, can't we just get along? I gotta do this all the time with my boys. I'm upstairs, they're in the basement playing, I hear, I hear it, you know it, the, the, the words that are yelling and being mean and sometimes even hatred. And I'll go to the top of the stairs, hey, what's going on? And they'll come to the bottom of the stairs and their tears and they're crying and they're pointing fingers. And so what do I have to do as, as dad, as the peacemaker? I come in between, okay, you did this, all right, say you're sorry, okay, hug it out. And they have to hug each other and say they're sorry, you know. 
you can do this. This is what we do. Parents, this is what I feel, feel like I do this all the time. But you can be a peacemaker because of Christ in you. I recently had a friend who shared with me some difficult things they were having going on in their life. And it's easy to question God, right? And say, why? Anyone here ever questioned God and said, why? Are you allowing this to happen to me? And we, especially when we look at other people and we, and we compare ourselves and we, we think, well, I'm trying to serve the Lord and it doesn't seem like they are. They're not even a Christian and it seems like everything's fine in their life. Okay, don't let comparison be the thief of joy. But we, it's, we have a temptation to say, why me? Or why would you allow this to happen, God? And I tried to encourage this person that was sharing with me about these difficulties in their life. I said, you know, God sent, sent me through some similar fires when I was in college, and he took, me to, he took me to Ephesians 5, verse 20 that says, giving thanks always for all things. We are to give thanks to God for all things, not just the good things, but even the bad things. So it's not a matter of why. Forget the why. Just the fact that God knows why, it should be enough, right? Instead of focusing on the why, let's start focusing on the who. God, God's got this. God brought this for a reason, and I'm going to trust Him in it. Not why, but who. A few years ago, I think it was only like two years ago, your pastors and deacons did a, a Bible study, a book study on this book by Ken Sandy called The Peacemaker. I'd recommend it. It's a biblical guide to resolving personal conflict. If you're having trouble and difficulty with this and trying to be that peacemaker or you desire to be that peacemaker, I recommend this book. It really helped me to see how God wants us to live at peace with all men. That's His desire for us, to live at peace with all men. But I've got a quote that I want to share with you, and it's not a quote from the book. The quote says this, Jesus isn't just the peacemaker between you and God, He is the peacekeeper. You know who said this quote? Anybody? It was, it was a, a man named Ken, but it wasn't Ken Sandy, it was Pastor Ken Fields said it last Sunday in his service, in his, in his message. And I was like, oh, I need to write that down. I don't use that. Hope it's okay. I gave you, I gave you props. I gave you credit. <laughs> Jesus isn't just the peacemaker between you and God. He is the peacekeeper. Yes, reconciliation is through Christ. But through Christ, we can continue to have peace forever. So in a day when there's war... In a day when there's conflict, day in and day out, when a day when, in a day when the kids even are saying, please, no more war, instead, with love. Instead, peace. Peace in the Middle East, even. We need to pray for peace. Are you praying for peace? Are you praying for peace in your life, in your heart? Are you praying for God to use you to be a peacemaker? What are some applications that we can make? And I'm going to be done. Number one, let's just, let's just land this plane. Let's apply it to where we are at today. Number one, 
allow the peace that only comes through Christ to draw you to God. If that has not already happened for you, that's the first thing. Repent of your sins. Believe the gospel that Jesus died and took your place. Number two, allow the peace that only comes through Christ to calm you when trouble comes. And then number three, allow the peace that only comes through Christ to live through you as you love and bear with one another in this present world. Jesus came to this world to be the light. Our theme is the light of the world. He came, he brought peace. In him was life, John 1 says, and that life was the light of men. I hope that this Christmas time, as we celebrate Christ, the true reason for Christmas, that you'll see him as the true meaning of hope, peace, joy, and love, the light of the world. Would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes. We're going to pray. I'm going to close our time together with a prayer from the Valley of Vision. Holy Trinity, all praise to you for electing us to salvation by foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, we adore the wonders of your condescending love. Marvel at the true believer's high privilege within whom all heaven comes to dwell, abiding in God and God in Him. We believe it. Help us experience it to the full. Continue to teach us that Christ's righteousness satisfies justice and evidences your love. Help us to make use of it by faith as the ground of our peace and of your favor and acceptance so that we may always live near the cross. It is not the feeling, the spirit that proves that our saved estate, but is the truth of what Christ did perfectly for us. All holiness in Him is by faith made ours as if we had done it. Therefore, we see the use of His righteousness for satisfaction to divine justice in making us righteous. It is not in a sensation that makes Christ's death ours, for that may be delusion being without the word, but His death apprehended by our faith and so testified by word and spirit. We bless you for these lively exercises of faith, for the righteousness that is ours in Jesus, for grace to resign our will to you, We rejoice to think that all things are at your disposal, and we love to leave them there. Then prayer turns holy into praise, and all we can do is adore and love you. We want not the favor of man to lean upon, for we know that your electing grace is infinitely better. Amen.